pray that you just have your way in this place tonight, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that our attention and our focus is yours, Lord God. And we just lift you up, and we know that when we lift you up, all are drawn to you, Lord God. And we just worship you tonight for who you are. We're devoted to you, Lord God. Our hearts are yours, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, for your guidance, your direction, your kindness, your love, your goodness, Lord God. We're so grateful to you for who you are, Lord. I felt in my uh, heart a little while ago when I was praying and singing uh, that the Lord wanted me to encourage you tonight that he cares about your situation. And he wants you to trust him with it and put it in his hands. And don't try to, um, to manipulate the circumstances, but just to go ahead and trust him with your heart and the circumstance and the situation. And, and he said that he will come through for you. He will come through for you. Maybe not how you think he should, but that he will. He's more than able. Father God, we just love you. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence again here in this place. And we worship you, Lord God, tonight. In Jesus' name. I mean to be happy, and how do I get there? 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says, But godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. That contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your ministering power to speak to us personally. Lord God, that we would all receive on a personal level from you tonight, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Milton. All right, so the first scripture, like I said, was godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment. And that, cont that contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of you? No, the sufficiency of God. Amen? So if you want to have a definition for the word happy, because, you know, we're all, like, in this world looking for happiness, right? Looking for this happiness. And, uh, but happiness is defined as a feeling of contentment. Contentment. And so I looked up contentment, and contentment is defined as a state of being at ease in one's soul and one's mind. Um, what is our soul again? Our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect. Um, all right? So with, whenever you find yourself at ease in your soul, then you're actually content. Like, I'm going to ask you, but you don't need to answer me physically or, or openly, but just think about it. Do you feel at ease in your soul? Are you content with where you are today? Amen? So in this scripture, it says godliness actually is a source of great gain. So what is godliness? Does anybody have any idea what godliness is? Anybody want to know what the definition of godliness? Would you like to know what it is? It's defined as true devotion to God that is shown by our actions. True devotion to God that is shown by our actions. So if you live a godly life, your actions will line up with the devotion that you have to God. That's godliness. If you live a godly life, your actions will line up with the devotion that you have for your God. Amen? So then again, what is happiness? It's a feeling of contentment in our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions, and our intellect. Contentment is defined, like I said, as being at ease in our soul and satisfied with what we have. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't desire for the future to get better, okay? It just means that we're, we're happy and satisfied with what we have today, all right? So you can still have goals and have desires and have things that you want to have in your life and still be content today with where you are. Does that make sense? Now, 
I'm gonna I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but meaning we can plan for a better future without being dissatisfied in our souls today. When we are sincerely devoted to God, we will live a life of contentment, which is true happiness. And God knows how to get us to the next level. Have you ever wondered how you're going to get the things that you desire in your heart? Um, you don't have to wonder because all you have to do is delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. He's the one that can take you to the next level. Psalms 37, 7, uh, Psalms 37.4 says, y'all read it with me if you can here. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. We learned the other night, ladies, uh, what is a petition? Something that's written out to God, right? Um, as long as we continue to make God our greatest delight instead of things or money or position or power or you insert whatever here, right? Maybe sometimes even a relationship can be greater in your life than God. Uh, as long as we continue to make God our greatest delight, we are giving him what he needs to move mightily in our lives. You know, as long as we are making God our greatest delight, I think of uh, that Chronicles of Narnia, whenever the little boy eats the Turkish delight and it takes him to the, to the uh, evil queen. You know, sometimes we delight ourselves in the wrong things and evil can come. And uh, we have to be very careful what we're delighting ourselves in and what, what we find delightful. Um, and we need to make sure that God is our number one delight. You know, and what does that even mean? Like, you get the most delight from God. Okay, so like, Think about it. What is it in your life that you enjoy? You know, just think about that for a second. Maybe you enjoy going to the movies. I know I do. I love to go to the movies. You know, kick back. Now we've got the recliners. I take my pillow. Not really. I don't take a pillow. I did once. But I take my blanket every time. And I take off my shoes and put them on the ground. And I go back in that recliner. And I get all snuggled with my blanket. And I watch the movie for two hours. I, I, I delight in that. I, en I enjoy it. I really like it. I found this one movie theater, Geneva and I found this one movie theater over at South, South Creek Theaters, and they only charge like, like what, two or four dollars or something, and sometimes they have new, yeah, and they just put in brand new recliners, and they have two controls. The first, the first one goes back, the first one goes back like this for your feet, and then the next one goes back like this for your, for your back. So you're like laid out. It's awesome. You should go. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm just saying it's a delightful thing for me, but do I delight in it more than my God? Absolutely not. That is my number one delight is God's presence, amen? So we need to make sure that the, the things that we enjoy, the things that we want, you know, if we want a brand new car, we want, you know, a shiny new career, <laughs> or if we want, you know, a, a relationship, we need to make sure that, that our delight goes first to God. And then that way, that second and third and fourth delights can be lined up with his will and his word. Uh, I think sometimes we get those out of line and we start delighting in other things and maybe other people more than we delight in our God. And that gets us off track and gets us going down the wrong road and opens us up sometimes for the enemy. Amen? So we need to be careful about that. So as long as we can continue to make God our greatest delight instead of things or people, we're giving him what he needs to move mightily in our lives. See, it says he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. And, um, you know, a lot of times we think that we have to go out and get those things. 
you know, and I'm not saying not to be goal-oriented because we do want you to be goal-oriented, but let God bring things to pass and don't try to push them through on your own. Amen? So, and that goes for every category, career, relationships, money. A lot of people have gotten in a lot of trouble trying to get rich quick. Amen? So, delight yourself in the Lord. Amen? Matthew 6.21 says this in the Amplified. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that on which your life centers will be also. So we have to be very careful about what our heart adores. Um, and we need to be aware of it, too. If we love things more than God, then our life will be uh, centered on things. If we love <clears throat> anything more than God, then that's what your life is centered on. And you can't have your life centered on anything but God. Amen? And the rest will be added. So, so important. And it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to get your focus and your desires, your longings, your cravings off track. It's so easy to make something else the center of your life. I've seen people do it with sports. I've seen people do it with careers. I've seen people do it with family. When you just get everything so wrapped up into one situation and you center your whole life around that, it can get you so off track if it's not God. Amen? So it's real important if you want to be happy, if you want to be satisfied, to make sure that your center is the Lord. Amen? So we must be aware of and careful with what our heart adores. If we love things more than God or anything more than God, then our life will be centered on those things. And there is no true satisfaction, contentment, or happiness in that because there is no end to the love of things. There will always, always be more things to, to love. There will always be more things to want. There will always be more everything that you could want, you know? And so if you're longing for and wanting that more than you're wanting God in his presence, then you can get really off track. And so if you're wanting true happiness, you know, joy, contentment, then I'm trying to tell you exactly how to get it. Amen? Um, so it's okay to want things in a better life, but that cannot be the focus or the center of your life. If it is, then we are settling up, setting ourselves up for a life of unhappiness. So if your focus and your desires and, and everything is, is uh, centered around something else, then you're not really going to have a life of happiness. You're going to have an unsatisfied life. Amen? So it's really important for us to check our hearts every so often just to make sure that our focus and our center is on God. Amen? It's on Him first and foremost. Um, you know what? A, a lot of times people don't realize this, but you know what? Worry and anxiety can actually be an, an idol in our lives. You know, worrying about things, you know, being concerned, just being anxious. We can set that up as the center of our life. You know, so we have to be very careful not to do that. Um, because when we do, then that's what we're going to be worshiping. We're going to be worshiping that worry. We're going to be thinking about it constantly and caring for it. And what if this and what if that? And, and you know, and then that's going to lead to a lot of fear. And, and then your whole life is going to be that. So you have to be careful just to say, you know what? I'm not, not going to be anxious for anything. I'm going to trust God with everything. So which leads us to our next scripture. It's Matthew 6, 25 through 33. It says, therefore, I tell you, stop being worried or anxious perpetually uneasy. Perpetually means continuously, going on and on. 
uneasy, distracted about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body as to what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, seed, nor reap the harvest, nor gather the crops into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying, can add one hoard to the length of his life? One hour, sorry. Is that <laughs> Wow. One hour to the length of his life. And why are you worried about clothes? See how the lilies and, and wildflowers of the field grow? They do not labor, nor do they spin wool to make clothing. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive and green today and tomorrow is cut and thrown in as fuel into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? It says, you have little faith. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy or distracted, saying, what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink and what are we going to wear? For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry. Listen, do not worry. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows what you need. God knows what you need. Amen? God knows what you, amen, Shane, God knows what you need, amen, <laughs> amen, but first and most importantly, this is so important, this is what we're talking about tonight, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. So when our focus is set on God first, we are living a life of faith and trust, in his ability to bring things to pass. When we are constantly worried and anxious and longing for something else, more than expecting in faith for it, we are prolonging God's delivery of it. Okay, so listen. When we are constantly worried and anxious and longing for something, more than expecting in faith for it, then we are actually pushing it out of the way for God to be able to move in it. Okay? Because we're using... If we're, if we're trusting God and expecting his best, then we're using our faith for God to move to bring it towards you, okay? But if you're constantly worried and anxious and longing and craving for it, then you're actually pushing it away from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we need to be careful not to do that, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, things that are so important to us. Instead of spending all of our time being worried about them and concerned about them. You know, maybe it's a loved one that you want to have saved. Well, you know, stand in faith for that loved one. And every time that concern or that worry comes up, switch that in your mind to faith. God, I believe. God, I believe. God, I believe. Because, you know, or whatever it is, if it's, if it's a financial situation or, uh, you know, if it's a relationship that's kind of gone off the deep end. You know, instead of that worry and that fear, you put a scripture in there and you put a faith statement in there and that will draw the answer to you by the power of God. If you just worry about it and be constantly anxious about it, it actually pushes it away instead of drawing it to you. So it's very important for us to realize and be aware of what we're doing. Amen? Very important. Is anybody in here ever worried about something? <laughs> yeah, okay? So just know it's okay. It's human to be concerned and to get a worry, of course. But we as believers have the answer already, and it's our responsibility to act and to think and to live 
in faith over that situation. We have the power to draw it to us by the power of God. If we will think properly about it and speak the word and think the word and live the word over that situation. And that is what God can use to bring the answer to you. Worry just pushes it away. Y'all understand me? Okay. So when our focus is set on God first, we are living a life of faith and trust in his ability to bring things to pass. We can't do it anyways. Like it said, you know, how can worrying even add one hour to your life? Probably the opposite. <laughs> you know? So... When, we constantly worry, uh, when we're constantly worried and anxious and longing or craving for something more than expecting and faith for it, we are actually prolonging God's delivery of it. So the practical application of this teaching is this. Make loving God and doing good a priority in your life. Make loving God and doing good a priority in your life, and the blessings of God will overtake you. I promise you. Amen? I promise you, delight yourself in him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Make loving him and trusting him and doing good a priority in your life, and the blessings of God will overtake you because you can't outgive God. You be a blessing wherever you go. You say a kind word. If you don't have money to give, that's okay. Give of yourself. You know? Like, we got an alert. Jira and I were out doing some running around today because it was his day off, and we had to go somewhere. And we were in the car, and we got this amber alert. Not amber alert. It was a blue alert. Blue alert. And Jair and I were like, what is that? So we Googled it, and we all know what it is. Um, it is when there is a, a violent situation toward a, a police officer happening. And Jair was like, well, what can we do about that? Why are they letting us know that? And I said, well, I know what we can do. And we started praying you know, right there in the car, and we prayed for safety and for peace and protection uh, for the law enforcement um, in the area, whoever that's affecting, you know. So, you know, you don't always have to give monetarily. You can give of yourself, your, definitely your faith, your time, your attention, your care, your love, you know, your hug, your smile. You know, those are all things that you can give. Amen? And that's doing good. Um, so when you make loving God and doing good a priority in your life, the blessings of God will just, I promise you, overtake you. They will overtake you. True happiness and satisfaction in life is only found when we are at peace with God. When we are at odds with God, there's no peace in our lives. So it's important for us to be at peace with God. Colossians 3.15, and this was one of the scriptures we used the other night for the ladies as well says, and let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule, act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state, to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, uh, giving praise to God always. Amen? In the Amplified Version, without the classic, the Amplified Version says, uh, and let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ's rule, from a daily walk with Christ is what it says. Um, uh, settle these things in your heart and in your mind. Um, so having a close daily walk with Christ will bring peace and harmony to your soul and deliver to you a happy life. Amen? If you're finding yourself in an unsatisfied state, because I know we all do at some point, at some time, but if you're finding yourself in an unsatisfied state, we need to examine our, if this happens we need to examine our desires and adjust them 
to make God our number one delight. If you're feeling like you're missing something, that you're just craving something that you don't have, or you're feeling like a longing, or you know, maybe you're lonely, or maybe you, you know, feel, feel loneliness, or maybe you feel unsatisfied in an area of your life. But when you find yourself like that, um, it's a good time to examine your, your, yourself, to examine your desires and adjust them to make sure that God is your number one delight. Because it may be that that thing that you're craving, because, you know, without God as the number one and without God in his right place, then these cravings can get out of hand. And these longings and these desires, they try to take control of who you are. And it gets out of whack. It gets out of, it gets out of control. And so whenever we find ourselves feeling like we're missing something, it's because God isn't in his place in your life. Amen? Because whenever you seek him first, everything else is added. And so if he is right, he's, if he is on the throne in your heart and in your life, then the, the cravings and the dissatisfaction will no longer have a place in your life. Amen? Now, you might want a different future. You might want things for your future that he can help you get toward. And that's okay. You know, like if, if you desire to have a mate and you're not married, you know, that doesn't mean that you're missing or unsatisfied. Find yourself content today and trust him for your tomorrow. Does that make sense? You know, that doesn't mean that you are discontent. It just means that you're expecting him to move in faith. But you're content with him. You're content with who you are in him. And today is good. And then you can just believe for tomorrow for these things that you have on your list that you're expecting him to bring to you in faith. But when you make that craving and that longing just the main focus of everything you're thinking about, then that's putting him off the throne and putting that thing on it. And he, it's challenging for him to work that way because he works by faith. God works by faith. You understand? So if he's up there where he's supposed to be, then you can expect for him to move. But if that thing is up there, you're blocking God from bringing it to pass. And a lot of times God gets a bad rap for that because you're like, I'm believing God for years. Well, really? <laughs> okay, so let's examine your desires and see where, where they are. Make sure God is number one. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So, when you make God your number one delight, you are aligning yourself to receive the desires of your heart in a way that only God can deliver. Amen? When you make him number one, he can deliver whatever you want, whatever you desire. He's the only he can deliver it the right way. Amen? When we go out and get something on our own, sometimes that's not so good. I remember certain things, and this used to happen to me. Like if I, if I didn't get God involved first and talk to him about a big purchase and I just went out and did it on my own, later I kept finding this. This was many years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I kept finding out that I was dissatisfied with the purchase with the purchase. I was dissatisfied with it because I didn't put God first and say, hey, God, is this a good idea? You know, is this a good purchase for us, for my family? You know, and then I would just say, hey, I think this is a good deal. This looks good to me. I want this. And I would go get it, and then I would be dissatisfied, or it would break, or it wouldn't last. <laughs> and so I had to train myself to go to God and say, hey, is this a good purchase? Is this a good, is this a good plan? Is this a good thing? And then if I would get the green light from God and move forward with it, then the whole thing would be blessed. 
But a lot of times when we just go out without God and we do something, we regret it later because we're putting that before him. And I'm not saying you have to micromanage everything. God, is this a good sandwich for lunch? No, I mean, you know, you can, you can make some decisions on your own, but I'm just saying, you know, you know what's good for your body and what's not, you know. But, um, you know, just include him, especially in the bigger things, and so you can have a good outcome. Amen? And delight yourself in him. Make him your number one delight. And when you do that, I promise you, the blessings of God will overtake you because he'll give you the desires of your heart in a way that only he can do. Amen? Any questions? I told you it was going to be fast. <laughs> Anything you learn? Anything you look at it different, differently now? Anything that stood out to you differently than what it usually would? Did you know what happiness was? Did you know how to, how to be happy? Anybody have anything to say? <laughs> Go ahead. He said God is good. Go ahead. Yeah, craving. craving. And, and to me, you know, it just, it just basically reminds me that if you do have those thoughts, then you might not be hearing God as much as you want to because you, you're longing for the TV or you're longing for watching Netflix or you're longing to go to the movies or whatever it is. So it's like that makes me want to worship and, and spend time with God more because what else can God do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And what is he trying to get to you? He's trying to get you your desires of your heart, you know? Yes. I know you miss your parents, yeah. It's right up your alley, huh? Make him your center emotion. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm so glad you came tonight, too. God knew. God knew. So true happiness comes from just putting him first and making sure that you're talking to him and close to him and connected with him every day. And he'll flood you with that peace and with that happiness. And so it'll push those negative emotions out. But we have to make sure that we choose to think on those things that are positive, lovely, just, and of good report. Philippians 4. You know, we have to make that choice. It's our responsibility to make the choice to think positively. And when we do, the peace of God floods our heart and our soul. Amen. It says the peace of the God will uh, guard our heart and our mind when we think on things that are lovely, just, and of good report. So we have to turn that thinking into something positive. That's Philippians 4. You can read all the first part of that all the way up until 9, even further. But um, that'll help you, Shane. And I'm so glad that you came tonight, you know. Amen. How to be happy. What does it mean to be happy and how do I get there? Amen. You just get there by trusting God and making him your delight, making him your number one best friend, talking to him more than you talk to anybody else, and, uh, you know, making him the center of your life instead of those longings and those cravings and those desires for other things. Amen. Uh, Anyone else? Y'all ever hear of the law of attraction? You might want to think about studying that out. That's a good thing to study out. Just make sure you get a good study that's not wonky. But yes. <laughs> it means you will. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Praise God for godly praying parents. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, you know, unforgiveness can be sneaky. It can be real sneaky. It can hide itself in your heart without you really knowing it. And it does change your whole attitude. It changes the way that you act. And 
and it's kind of sneaky, so it's good that, you know, they were able to help you and that you were able to, because you're spiritually, spiritually mature enough to receive that and uh, from the Lord and also to get rid of all that, you know. So I'm proud of you. Thanks for sharing. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we just love you. We thank you, Lord, for this word in due season, Lord God. True happiness is found only in you and Lord God, that we don't want to live a life of dissatisfaction, Lord God. We want to be satisfied. So, Lord, we put you first, and uh, we seek you first, Lord God, and we know everything else will be added, Lord God, and we won't let the circumstance or the bad report or the situation be our God. We'll only allow you to be on our throne in our lives, Lord God, and we just love you. We thank you, Lord, that you bring to pass all that's needed and necessary in our lives, Lord God, and you help us to live a life that's pleasing to you, Lord God. Our heart's cry is to have you first in our lives, Lord God, to delight ourselves in you first, Lord. And we just honor you and we praise you, Lord God, for who you are. And we're devoted to you, Lord, and we live a life that's godly. In Jesus' name, amen.